This is a podcast from the Business Times. Economic uncertainty and slowing global growth are weighing on the market outlook for 2024. Yes, yes, we were all stuck looking at the deluge of investment research which descended on us like they do every year at this time. I think they don't know we'd rather have a lump of coal in our stockings. Well, we better get to it. Let's figure out what investing in 2024 might look like. Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips to help you on your money managing and wealth growing journey. I'm Howie Lim. And featured today, the expert insights from Hugh Chung from Endowers, Daniel Paris from Federated Hermes, and Phil Waters from Awanda. We've got to start with what's been hogging headlines recently, implications of the recent pause in rate hikes by the US Federal Reserve on traders and businesses, and what this means for the retail investor. Phil Waters from Awanda is their CEO, APEC and Emerging Markets. Where we should get more clarity on the trajectory of the US funds Fed rate in 2024. The release of the dot plot, the summary of the economic projections, where the Fed officials will update their latest projections on future U.S. economic growth, inflation rate, and the Fed funds rate. So it will be a very interesting day to to watch out for and definitely something for both businesses, but definitely also retail traders to keep an eye on. Hmm. It might depend on what kind of investor you are, what your metrics for success are, what your time horizons are, and what kind of risk you're willing to swallow. Does the FOMC and the Fed funds rate say a lot about where the markets are heading and where opportunities are? Here's Daniel Paris, Senior Portfolio Manager, Federated Hermes. You want to use numbers, cash flows, discount rates that are longer in nature than something that's an overnight rate or short-term rate. However, if you're a trader or a speculator, you don't really care much about the 10-year. You care all about the Fed funds rate, the Fed pivot, Fed raising rates, the Fed lowering rates. Even the Fed's short-term actions have an impact on the U.S. stock market. But in terms of dividend generation and the discounted dividend models or DDMs, DCFs, and internal rates of return, the Fed funds rate is just not that relevant. For me as a long-term investor, it's more noise. Fair enough. How about some predictions and outlook for the rate hikes for 2024, based on economic data then? How might that govern how retail investors position themselves and also their portfolios? Here's Hugh Chung, Chief Investment Advisory Officer at Endowers. I think the challenges that we're facing in 2024 is somewhat similar to what we saw in 2023 in that I think the market is still unsure if the fight against inflation is won without hurting the economy. The difference may be that while the concern was a little bit more towards inflation in 2023, the concern will probably be a little bit more towards growth in 2024 or how the Fed's fight against inflation may hurt growth in 2024. There are also multiple conflicts and wars happening around the world and many important elections coming up as well. So the concerns are similar to 2023. But what's interesting about 2023 is that despite all of these concerns, And the fact that overnight interest rates were 5%, so people had a tendency to stay with cash equivalent investments, global equities are up 20% year to date, and global bonds are up 7% year to date, making a 60-40 portfolio up about 15%. The market has actually done pretty well. Only 50 days ago, a 60-40 portfolio would have only been up 4%. So it tells you that the market changes dramatically in a short period of time. Going back to your question of 2024, 
the concerns are going to be similar. The market will be moving in unpredictable ways as well. So in 2023, people were more cautious and the market was climbing a wall of worry. And I think in 2024, the difference is that people are a little bit more hopeful and the market is a bit more complacent. So I think there's going to be more volatility ahead. The challenges that investors feel and the way markets work will be broadly similar to that of 2023. I think the 40-year decline in interest rates is over in the United States as measured by the 10-year. I'm not making a claim about interest rates. I draw a distinction between interest rates on government securities and risk rates. Risk rates and interest rates kind of go in parallel and are very similar, and, and interest rates can be a proxy for risk rates. But there are too many other things going on, too many externalities influencing the tenure. But broadly speaking, interest rates and risk rates have come down for decades. I believe that that is over. Now, what I won't say is where the tenure is going. I can tell you that the period of ultra-low risk rates, that is the rates that investors use when doing their math or their subjective feelings about the U.S. stock market, in particular U.S. stocks, is not going down, that the return of risk has occurred. It has occurred the last three years. The geopolitical environment changed. COVID, with the supply chains getting too tight, with Russia invading, Ukraine challenging the idea of global liberalism with divisions in the United States, all on the political side, the end of interest rates declining on the economic side and economy slowing, that risk rates are not going down to zero again where they were up until really 2020. Risk rates are going up. The kind of sobriety that U.S. investors will be bringing to the U.S. market after a 40-year period of decreasing sobriety, shall we say. It's very interesting times at the moment. The pause in the Fed funds rate hiking cycle has essentially led to increased expectations of a possible pivot to an interest rate cut that might come as early as May 2024. And actually, the probability of even a reversal on the rate change in as early as March, that, first of all, is what's changed for businesses and retail traders is that expectation change. And what we've seen from the end of October really is a weakening in the US dollar. That has had a knock-on effect for global stock markets that have begun to see continued price rises. And the combined factors here, the weaker US dollar, the lower longer-term interest rates in the US could potentially trigger what will be a persistent risk-on herding behavior, which would be via depressed implied volatility in equities. So the votes are in. From Hugh Chung, Daniel Paris, and Phil Waters. 2024 might look about as interesting as 2023. What exactly does that mean, really? And by that, I mean for our portfolios and how we position ourselves. Here's Phil Waters from Awanda. The best way a retail trader can position themselves, they need to stay informed. There is always something changing that influences the markets. And the only way that someone can trade in a very informed way is by staying updated on what's going on. You should be choosing very carefully who you trade with, the broker that you trade with, and making sure that they're providing you with great insight, great tools in order to make informed decisions about how you're going to trade the markets. And the way people trade varies. So make sure also that that broker is able to serve your specific needs. But it's really important for a retail trader to firstly be very clear on 
what they need in order to stay informed and then the platform, the tools, the insight they can get access to to be able to do that effectively. The other thing I want to mention is risk management. Very important in all times, really, but particularly around instances like this where you've got economic events that can materially impact market volatility. Risk management, I think there's two points to this. One is the techniques that you apply. So part of that, for example, could be making sure that you take a very diversified approach. The second part of that is making sure that you have the tools to be able to control your risk. Still to come, will our experts tell us exactly what to do and where the money is in 2024? The breath is baited. More in a moment. The Business Times podcasts, relevant, incisive, compelling content by some of the newsroom's most respected correspondents in markets, wealth management, and current affairs. Available on all your favorite audio content apps and at www.businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts. And now, back to Money Hacks from the Business Times. Phil Waters from Awanda wants us to stay informed, but there's a plethora of information out there and who has that kind of time? Daniel Perez is a historian and has written several books. He's also a portfolio manager at Federated Hermes. Let's take advantage of the heavy lifting he's done. He's preparing for the paradigm shift in the US markets after 40 years of declining rates. The what what now? If you approach the market as I do, which was primarily as a, as a historian, my natural inclination has always been to ask, what are the rules and how did they get there? And are they still relevant? And if you look at how the U.S. stock market has functioned, and you compare that to prior years, other markets and kind of the academic literature, this is an anomaly. And so you go back and begin asking, well, you know, what happened? What's changed? And you see a number of things line up decline in interest rates over a 40-year period, high point in 1981, when they were abnormally high in the United States at that time. And maybe you could argue abnormally low in the autumn of 2020, but still a relentless decline of interest rates, a change in the securities law in 1982 that allowed buybacks. You have really the beginning of NASDAQ and the technological revolution. And then finally, if you look at geopolitics, 1980 was a real turning point in global geopolitics and really the opening of a period of global neoliberalism called the unfettered march of capital. That lasted indeed also for about 40 years. That has come to a crashing and kind of explosive end over the last couple of years. And so most participants in the stock market have come of age. You've really only known this one environment, declining rates, growing buybacks, light regulation, pro-market regulators, globalization, globalization, globalization. The optics of investing in the stock market were all heading in one direction, and I think that made it easier. Investors in the U.S. stock market, whether they're U.S.-based or internationally, need to prepare themselves for a coming paradigm shift in the market. Sounds like things might not be so hunky-dory for the U.S. market in 2024. Maybe we stay away then. What about global markets? Any upheaval there? Here's Phil Waters from Awanda. Now, on the other hand, you've got the Japanese central bank is likely to start to do more hawkish tweaks on its monetary policy towards the normalization of its current ultra dovish stance. And what that would mean is a move away from its negative short term interest rates with the intention of negating that higher imported inflation costs. You know, that's very much linked to what's been a persistently weak Japanese yen trend in 2023, which has hit a 33-year low against the US dollar. 
So what's important in the Japanese context there is we see lots of traders in Oanda who like the long biased FX carry trade strategy, where they use the Japanese yen as a funding currency to get that positive long-term carry trade. But the ability to do that going in 2024, depending on what the BOJ does, may well be impacted. I actually think the biggest wild card though for 2024 is oil prices. And the reason I say that is because the current stance of Saudi Arabia, which is the leading OPEC member, favors an extension of oil supply cuts going into 2024. And now if you couple that with the Israel-Hamas war risk premium, which is potentially going to flare up again, then you might find that oil prices start to increase. That then has an impact on and has pressure on inflation again globally. And we have these conflicting forces that could potentially, on one hand, make inflation go down, but on the other hand, might start to have upward pressure on inflation again. So there's, there's a lot of moving targets, I think, next year, potentially, that are very real. And we'll see one way or another market volatility. When you're a retail trader in highly volatile markets, it's super important to stay disciplined. Knowing you need to be disciplined, you can say that with foresight. And you can also say it with hindsight. But it's actually really hard to do in the moment. And that's where I think risk management comes into the fray, because if you've got great risk management techniques, great risk management tools, it allows you more effectively to stay disciplined and hopefully profit from volatile markets. Yeah, yeah. Didn't we just say not everyone has that kind of time or wherewithal to study the markets, analyze it, watch it for 40 years? Come on, fellas, do us a favor. Yes. What's good in 2024? But on a personal basis, I think the healthcare sector and biotech in particular is an emerging sector that's quite interesting because the sector itself or the business itself is quite resilient to a recession or growth coming down because these are essential businesses that are less sensitive to consumer discretion. But at the same time, the sector has gone through a very large pullback from its peak in 2021, partly because of rising interest rates. And as interest rates are starting to come down, the risk reward of this sector is actually quite interesting. And so while the tech sector has done very well and may continue to do well, I think the healthcare and biotech sector in particular on a relative basis has really lagged. So I think this is a sector that can be poised for growth. And it's also a sector that can benefit from artificial intelligence as well on a more subtle basis. So this is one sector that I like. Thank you, Hugh Chung from Endowas. Daniel, we're buddies, right? It depends what type of investor you are. But one of the big themes is the return of the cash nexus. The big difference resulting in the U.S. stock market as a consequence is the return of the cash nexus between owner of the business and the business, particularly minority owners, meaning someone who does not control the company. So I'm actually looking for the large tech companies that have been driving the stock market for decades to start paying much more material dividends for share buybacks to diminish. They're just a lot harder to do when money is more expensive, when risk rates are up risk rate being different than an interest rate, but just the environment has changed. And also the geopolitics are going to make it a little bit harder to simply go out and harvest capital gains to fund consumption. U.S. companies, large non-dividend paying companies, if they're successful, are going to have to revert to a more traditional business ownership relationship with their business owners. And that's going to mean a check in the mail. 
So look for the, the yield of the market to come out, the payout ratio of the U.S. stock market to increase. I know a lot of investors in Asia are very yield sensitive and very hungry for yield. So that may make the U.S. market more attractive, not as just a share price market, but actually as a source of yield. Tough nut to crack that one. We try one more time. What should we be investing in in 2024? They tend to be more consumer companies, large, mature, steady, slow growing. Their operating environment is pretty good. Food, beverage, household products, utilities, pharma companies, some energy companies, pipelines, kind of straightforward what you would think from a dividend focused type of investor. And if you ask me the state of the US economy and certain elements of the global economy that these companies participate in, it's pretty good. There hasn't been a dramatic slowdown. Matter of fact, some elements are doing quite well. Thank you very much. The risk is we're heading into an election in the United States. The politics outside the United States are a mess globally, wars in various locations, uncertainty everywhere. And you have to consider that as a risk factor. So I'm separating economic risk, particularly at the consumer end, from the geopolitical risk. What would the geopolitical risk affect? It would affect the sentiment in the market and share prices. It wouldn't necessarily affect the dividends that much. Dividends are not guaranteed, but share prices you know, change every day and with every news item. So if you're an investor and you have patience, 2024 will be fine. If you are a trader and you're looking at the share prices every day, boy, you're going to be in for quite a roller coaster ride. We f- see a fairly stable path for the underlying income streams, but it would be naive to think that the share prices are going to be anything but volatile in 2024. Sounds like a plan. Next time, stable coins. Is there even such a thing after the crypto winter we've had or are still having? It's been chilling. Thanks to Hugh Chung from Endowas, Phil Waters from Awanda, and Daniel Perez from Federated Hermes. This has been Money Hacks by the Business Times. I'm Howie Lim. Till next time. This is a podcast by the Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.